Hi, welcome to our new season, season seven of a podcast, but we're also recording it so you can see us if you want to see the video. Um, I'm Maria Bazia, and with me is Tom Spitali and Sean Wellam from Impact Planning Group. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> so um, if you know us at all, you know that we love to dissect um, good and bad marketing. And uh, as we started to really look at the characteristics of what makes anything effective, whether it's bad or good on the back end, what makes it so effective are some characteristics that we always believe in, but it does take us a little bit to a dark side of uh, marketing. And so we wanted to share some of these characteristics that you might uh, laugh at, you might cringe at, um, but at the end, uh, turn it into something positive that you might think a bit differently about your business and what you might do. So Sean, can you give us a, a little bit deeper, darker understanding of the dark side? <laughs> yeah, the dark side of Mark, you know, obviously there are those that think everything marketing does is, is a dark art, right? Persuading people to, uh, to buy stuff they don't need and all of that, that, that popular stuff. But even as marketing professionals, we, we can look at some uses of great marketing techniques and methodologies that are nevertheless done for areas that, that are, are less than wholesome, shall we say, that are probably questionable, that wouldn't necessarily make a case study in the Harvard Business Review, but still have within them lessons that we can apply. And I, I think this is probably going to be my favorite season because I do like delving into a little bit of the dark side. Um, I'm going to kick off with one one example and then challenge you guys to to, to, to look at it from a, a purely marketing perspective. So let me give you the, the headlines of this and I'll, I'll throw it over. So um, online dating in itself is, is not a, the dark side of marketing. It's the, it's the number one way for many people to meet their future partners these days. It's fully accepted and part of, of, of the social fabric of today. But it has different segments that it appeals to. So the most common one, I guess, would be the let me choose or let us choose for you segment, right? So the idea that, that you some algorithm looks at your interests and experiences and matches you with a, a partner and, and, and others uh, allow you just to look superficially at, at someone and, and swipe left or right and, and decide whether you'd like to, uh, to, to get to know more about them. But beyond that, you've got segments based on age, maybe based on uh, being a vegetarian, maybe a political affiliation, maybe a hobby or interest, same-sex relationships, and so on. There's a lot of subdivision within it. But there's one segment that I think we can safely say sits on the dark side, and it's a company called Ashley Madison. Um, I won't ask if anyone's heard of it. It's sort of a leading question, but they specialize in in... Um, people that, as it says on the website, people that want to have an affair, people that are already in a relationship looking for an extramarital or extra relationship affair, which let's park the, uh, the, 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 um, the sad indictment on society that such a thing should exist. But let's talk about how it came about. It was back in 2001 when it was noticed that approximately 30% of people on dating websites were not actually single. That represented an opportunity. So this Ashley Madison business embraced that reality and offered a website to provide those sort of introductions to people. And 
with 45 million members and 100 million in revenues at a, at a margin of 45, 30% margins is a very successful business. So from a marketing perspective, not from a moral perspective, how do you guys pick that apart, that, that, that story, that business story of, of how it became okay to hook people up for affairs? Um, oh, I get yeah, to go. You sounded like you knew a lot about dating sites. Just saying. <laughs> I, I, my, in my defense, I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I covered all bases and said, uh, "Hey, everyone, I'm going to be researching some uh, online dating at the minute," which got some strange looks. But I did try and cover my tracks at least to, uh, to explain why that's now my search history is full of every dating site you could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll let Sean off the hook with that explanation. What um, I think what you, you, you really can learn. So what can the, the good guys learn from this? If you, you know, call these guys the bad guys, I don't know. I, it, it just depends on where you, you, you land, whether they're good or bad. But what they did do that's absolutely very, very brilliant is they used data and segmentation in, in an incredibly brilliant way. Um, at least brilliant for their bottom line. Um, they discovered something that maybe at first glance, you know, you, you, you wouldn't expect, you know, there, there's certain premises, there's certain uh, mindsets that we have as, as marketers. And sometimes we kind of go down a path and completely miss another, another path that's available for us, no matter what we are marketing. And so, you know, I think that um, when it comes to what you can learn and for good from this particular story is to, to always be questioning your own assumptions with how you're looking at data, how you're looking at your segments and continually um, broaden your ability to, to, to think beyond the way you're certainly targeting today. You know what? What is what really works with at what really worked for Ashley Madison is not only did they figure out a segment that really nobody was catering to at the time, it had the added benefit to them that they had the critical capabilities to be able to serve that segment. Right. So um, you know, it just goes to show you that when you think you have, you know, everything about your, your business, your market, your industry, it's time to take another look and see if you can discover some things that blinders caused you to, to, to miss um, the first time around, second time around, the 10th time around. The, the one thing I'd add to, you just reminded me, Tom, critical capabilities. When, when you find a segment that is underserved, then you need to make sure that your offer is tailored very much to that segment, right? That you've got something to give them. Um, and apart from the obvious of saying, hey, it's OK, we know you're not single, but come over here to the dark side of online dating and we will hook you up with people who also are not single. Um, one of the critical capabilities has to be discretion, right? That's the sort of thing where you want to be sure you've got data security. And the reason and I feel like I need to say this publicly, the reason I found out about this website <laughs> was they made the news headlines because they got hacked and a ton of their data was stolen and they were held to ransom because the hackers were saying, pay us money or we release the emails of all of these people that are 
by definition have logged on and signed up to a to a, a, a an affair generating dating site so that's how they became notorious so it's also worth remembering apart from the brilliance of identifying the segment you've got to make sure that offer is good and in this particular case part of that offer would have been uh security and discretion which they they did fail to do although it doesn't seem to have hurt their long-term growth but you know it's really interesting mary i i think that, that what what pops out at to me uh, to me is you know the the positioning possibilities um because and 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 sometimes you know the opportunity to position very uniquely can depend on how willing you are to to go to the darker side maybe not the completely dark side I, I'm, I'm thinking about parties uh restaurants here in the states um, everybody's talking about healthy food, healthy food, healthy food, you know, and Hardy's is saying, Hey, look, you know, we're, we're not going to even be, pretend to be healthy. I mean, their, their tagline is we got the meats. Okay. They're famous for putting, you know, three and four burger patties and topping it with bacon and, and mounds of cheese. And, and basically what they're saying is, you know, a lot of people that, go to these fast food places, don't really care about nutritional content. They care about one thing. Can I fill my belly? And some of them actually probably get a lot, a big, a big kick out of, you know, being that counter culture person who is the opposite of a, a vegan or a vegetarian, you know, and Hardy's made the decision, you know, we're, we're going to go down that path. Some might call that a dark path. Some might call it a darker path. Some might call it a fine path to go down. But the thing well, is- I think it comes back to that segmentation. You know, it's, it, it's grossly over simplifying to say that all people want to be <laughs> healthy, you know? Um, so I, or all people want to, you know, have a, uh, you know, want to have a, uh, a marriage that uh, there's no, no complications. So it, uh, there are segments. And, and I always think that it's interesting when, as Sean, as you were saying, is if somebody looks at the data or Tom, as they look at, you know, the fact that there are people that, that want to have that good hamburger, if not all the time, once in a while. And they, um, they not only uh, figure out how to address that group with the positioning, but a great value proposition, and they stay true to it. Um, they don't water down their hamburgers and, and you know and try to make it something less than that. They 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 live it. Um, so I think that that's part of it. Is it's not enough just to find that segment, um, but then to really provide everything around the positioning and the value proposition that makes it compelling to that group. And by the way, you can charge for it. I mean, imagine how much Ashley Madison or Hardy's is, is charging for um, appealing to these customers. Yeah, and I think that's the, the key to this is, is yes, yeah, segmentation works. So if you look at data, you find an underserved, underrepresented need pre presents you with an opportunity to, to, to make an offer, to give a value proposition for that need. Yes, you've got to have the wherewithal to fulfill that need. But also, Mary, you raise an interesting point that there's also that, um, that clarity, you know, and, and some businesses will have to serve multiple segments. We understand that. But you can't sort of half do it, right? If you're going all in to a segment, then if you've done the work and there's potential there and that's who you want to be, it's almost like your positioning. We are these people. We stay within these tram lines. 
don't let that drift because as soon as you end up with Hardy's doing the low fat burger or Ashley Madison doing a, a website for young professionals, it starts to confuse that message. So it's, it's almost like you've got to go, go big and, and stay the course with some of these segments. So that consistency, the positioning that supports the value proposition. It, in fact, this is, this is pretty much a case study in every aspect of strategic marketing so far, just this one story. And, and that's, I guess, what we're trying to say here. The dark side of marketing has some great examples that we don't support necessarily the, the product, but we can look at the process and say, that's something we can steal and use in other businesses for great effect. One of the, um, I, I, I'm tempted to, to tell, um, one of my favorite stories for a while when we've talked about pricing, which is a cousin of Ashley Madison called Ace Alibi. Somehow it's over in Scotland too, in your neck of the woods, Sean. Hey, I don't, I'm not, I don't think Ashley Madison was a British thing. I'm not sure, but I, I'd be surprised. We're not usually that innovative in the tech space. I'm, I'm going to put my, I'm going to put a bet down that it was across your side of the pond that that started, but I don't know. We'll find out. We'll, we'll revisit this on the next episode. We'll see who won that bet. Yeah, but Ace Alibi, um, what's interesting is, is their segmentation is a little bit different. It's if you need an alibi, you have to go to a family event and you just don't want to go, or you have to go to some work event, or it's just a really nice day and you want to go golfing. Ace Alibi will give you that excuse. They have the formal, they have somebody that calls and says, I'm sorry, he has to be at this meeting. They give you back sound, you know, if you have to make a call, they give you the the sound that you need for whatever your alibi. They do everything you need to do an alibi. And it's a little bit broader than cheating on your spouse. This is, you know, that your boss or your family, you just got to get out of something and they're, you know, you're lying too often. So this is a, a another way for us to, to really kind of be true to ourselves, I guess. <laughs> and it costs a lot of money to do it, but it's- I, I love it. I love it. You know, that that sort of thing, that, that almost pushes it into the values of marketing because that, yeah, you could use it for really bad purposes. You could be doing something you weren't supposed to be doing and use an alibi. But often we all get invited to things that we, let's be honest, we don't want to go to. So you have to come up with an excuse because it's not socially acceptable to say to someone, yeah, thanks for the invite. I'm not really interested in coming. I could, but I'm not going to. But thank you. That's not not socially acceptable. You you have to say, oh, when is it? Oh, me auntie's coming in from Nova Scotia that weekend. So in a way, that need that's been satisfied is on the dark side if you're using it for nefarious purposes. But it also is the salve to this this social embarrassment of thinking, I don't want to go to Cousin Betty's party and it's not okay just to tell her that i'm perfectly free that weekend but i'd rather not come thank you for the invite because you can't do that so it also fulfills that sort of value where we need to feel better about ourselves so you know maybe that's in the gray side of marketing not so much dark or light maybe there's a little bit of straddling going on tom <laughs> I, think, I think it's important to uh examine the gray maybe even kind of tiptoeing into the dark just for for purposes of you know examining every possibility you you all you know all, and then ultimately making um you know a decision based on you know what you your team your company your brand is is comfortable with doing i i, I think a lot of times our um 
just our unconscious judgments or our or lack or our unwillingness to be judged leaves us from even examining some things that could turn out to be you know not really dark or gray at all maybe good ideas we just never went there because we thought we can't even like consider that direction um i i, I have an example um and it's not anything about dark side or anything like that. It was just a, a company we were working with. They happened to have a crop protection product that did a lot of really good things, but it it, it actually sort of scorched the product, the, the crops. There was scorch marks, burn marks, unsightly, didn't look good. But the fact of the matter was, it absolutely did nothing to harm the yield from the crop. So it just wasn't pleasant to look at, but it actually helped the yield for, for, for the product. And, and they, they never really considered embracing that. You know, I think it's kind of analogous to the dark side. They didn't even want to embrace the idea that, um, you, you know, maybe they could talk about that. They tried to hide it. The fact of the matter is, is when they embraced it, they, they started to realize that in a lot of situations, feeling the burn or seeing the burn is a sign of effectiveness. Think about your muscles after a good workout and in, in this saying, feel the burn, you know, is actually a, a positive thing. Or even think about Listerine where they would say the taste you hate twice a day, you know, in fact that you hate it because it's strong and, it, and it's working. And once they embraced that, which I guess could have been considered a dark side strategy, something that they didn't want to approach when they embraced that it unlocked everything for them they actually said oh my gosh yeah the burning is actually a good thing let's talk about it and it led to some differentiation in a really crowded market for them so our challenge going forward is to come up with more stories from the dark side without one getting sued by anyone and two upsetting anyone too unduly so uh challenge accepted that's that's uh, let's think of some more of these yeah um we hope that you uh, enjoyed the, <laughs> the examples and the thoughts that we had today, either that you're laughing and you're gonna email us and say, oh, I have a better one for you. And <laughs> we always love to hear that. Um, or if, uh, if you'd like to send us some ideas of what, how you flipped a bad, a bad situation into something good in some way, um, of course, we always love to hear it. We will be continuing. You can hear all of our podcasts and see the videos on the accidentalmarketer.com website or anywhere that you get your podcasts. So thank you very much. Thank you.